Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. Before we jump into the lesson today, if I could take a minute and put some dates on your radar screen. The first date is January 23rd, Plano, Texas. That's when I will be conducting a roundtable in the Texas area. I want to encourage you that roundtables are a great learning encounter. There are moments where you get to learn and you get to interact. And I want to encourage you that if you're in the Texas Plano area, that you would sign up for this and make it a part of your leadership journey as you begin the new year. Also, on January 31st in the Seattle area, I will be conducting a roundtable. Again, the information is uh, practical, it's transferable, it's usable. I want to encourage you to come. I think you will enjoy it, and I think that it will be a great, great blessing to you. If I could just ask you this question, when you run across a promise in the Bible, what does it say to you? So if I give you Ephesians chapter 1, And it says, you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What does that say to you? Well, if you really look at every promise, you will find there are three components. The obvious, which is the promise, God has blessed you. The principle that God wants you to apply. And the pattern that God wants you to live. See, many times people come from groups where they know the promise, but they ignore the principle and they neglect the pattern. And see, every promise is contingent upon the principle and the pattern. So Ephesians chapter one, you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What is that? The promise God wants to bless you. The principle. What do we know from what God has said about blessing in the Bible? I've blessed you so that you could be a blessing. What is the pattern? It's living every day where you're blessing others. See, every promise has three points to it. The promise of what God wants to do, the principle that begins to communicate what God wants you to do, and then the pattern of how you are to live and do what God wants you to do. Now, I say that to you because in my book, Keys to Effective Living, that book goes through some of the promises and it begins to break them down and help you to see not only the promise, but the principle and the pattern. If you haven't gotten that book, you can go to my webpage and you can pick it up there and order it. I would encourage you to do so. That being said, today... I want to take a moment. I want to talk to you about the myths of leadership, the myths of leadership. What are the things that we think about leadership? And most people think they're true, but they're really not true. People think, well, this is so, but it's really not so. What are the myths of leadership? What are the myths of what leadership is to be? 
Well, I want to walk you through some of the myths. Myth number one, once a leader, always a leader. Once a leader, always a leader. There is nothing more common than people who used to be leaders. See, just because you were a leader doesn't mean you'll stay a leader. There's too many people who prove this. People who will tell you, well, I used to lead in my church. Well, I used to lead in the community. I used to be the leader and the organization. There's nothing more common than people who used to be leaders. Now, why is the myth that once a leader, always a leader? Because leaders can lose their leadership edge. So just because you have led doesn't mean that you can't lose your leadership edge. And so in life, leaders, if they're going to stay leaders, have to stay current. And so what does that look like? Well, let me give you a couple of things. Uh, life changes, but they don't. See, once a leader, always a leader is only true if when life changes, you change. If when life changes, you change. Now, let me just draw from my background. In the Old Testament, Israel had the tabernacle, but then Solomon built a temple. And then there was the temple in Jerusalem. Now, here's what we know. If some people led the way people lead today, some people are still carrying around the tabernacle. Even though life changed and it went from the tabernacle to Solomon's temple to the temple in Jerusalem, they still hold on to the tabernacle. See, when life changes, the leader has to change. Now, that could mean two things. The first thing is that leaders know what should change. But the second thing, leaders know what should never change. So when it comes to values and character, there's some things that never change. When it comes to style and model, all of those things are up to change. And so life changes, but they don't because life changes and they don't. They used to be a leader. Here's another thought on that. The longer you lead, the greater the price. The longer you lead, the greater the price. So the longer you lead, the greater the price you have to pay. See, some people have the idea that if you're a leader, somehow if you've led a long time, what's going to happen is you're going to have to be in a position where the price is less. But if you're a leader, here's what you know. The longer you lead, the greater the price. What was required of you on day one has changed for day two. And what's required on year one is different than year two. And what's required of you in decade one is different than decade two. So in life, what we find is that life changes, but some leaders don't, and therefore they're no longer leaders. And then we find that some people, they're willing to pay the price of day one, but they're not willing to pay the price of day two. They're willing to pay the price of year one, but not the price of year two. 
And so what you find is yesterday's sacrifices are today's comfort zone. And if you're going to be a current leader, you're always pushing the comfort zone. Every day you're challenging what makes you comfortable. So the myth that once a leader, always a leader, that's not true because not everyone changes and not everyone's willing to pay the new price. Leadership is always expensive. It's never free. So myth number one, once a leader, always a leader. Myth number two, leaders work less than others. Well, I'm the leader. I don't have to do that. Well, I'm a leader. You can't expect me to do that. Well, the Bible standard, just when it comes to leadership and just the function, is very clear. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, study to show yourself approved, a workman, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Acts 13 verse 2, separate Paul and Barnabas for the work whereunto I've called them. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5, do the work of the evangelist. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12, help them to do the work of the ministry. See, God doesn't run from the word work. In fact, he embraces it. And so if you're going to be a highly prolific leader and you're going to be highly prolific when it comes to Christian leadership, then work is a part of the equation. Now, leaders work less than others. What are they talking about? Well, what I can tell you as a leader of 42 years, work is required. I work today. There are things that are required of me today. And what I know is the higher you go in leadership, the more your responsibility grows. So the higher you go, the more responsibility grows. So what happens in leadership is that the responsibility of work increases. Now, that being said, how you execute work changes. So if we go back to Exodus chapter 18, when Moses is leading the people of Israel, he's hearing their problems, their needs, the things that are bothering them, the things that are hurting them. And his father Jethro comes in and he says, the thing that you do isn't good. You're going to hurt you and you're going to hurt them. He says, you've got a model that isn't going to work. See, you need to work, but not every model will work. And he says, you need to change how the work's done. You need to have captains over 10, over 100, over thousands, over 10,000. So what was he doing? He says, your work's going to change because your work is no longer going to be being the frontline caregiver, but your work is going to be developing the leaders to care. So the responsibility was still there. And as Israel grew, the responsibility grew, but how he worked changed because now he's not working one-on-one, he's working with the leaders who work one-on-one. I have a dear friend, Ed Bastian, fantastic leader. He oversees Delta Airlines, and uh, I just love Ed because I learned so much from him. But a few years ago, when he became CEO, 
he made a statement. He said, they don't pay me to work. They pay me to think. See, as the CEO, there's a lot of work he's not going to do. He's not going to fuel the plane. He's not going to load the luggage. He's not going to, and you go down the line. But what he is going to do is he's going to be the strategic thinker that is seeing not only today but tomorrow, not only today but next year, not only today but the next 10 years. He is going to work, but he's going to work differently. So the myth that leaders work less, I can just tell you that's not true. Because what leaders do have is they have more responsibility on their shoulders than they've ever had. So the first myth is just simply once a leader, always a leader. That's not true. If you don't change, you don't lead. Myth number two, leaders work less. You may work different, but you don't work less. Your responsibility increases. Myth number three. Leaders are all alike. Leaders are all alike. Boy, this is one of those things that as a myth, I think it's a disqualifier. And when I say it's a disqualifier, because people believe this myth, they feel disqualified from ever being a leader. See, people think, well, I'm not like so-and-so and they're a leader. And since I'm not like them, I can't lead. See, it's this myth that leaders are all alike that is such a disqualifier. See, most leadership is taught based on list. So we create these lists and we say, well, a leader needs this and they need this and they need this and they need this and they need this. And then a leader has this, has this, has this, has this. And all of those things are true. But what you're looking at is usually a list of a wide range group of leaders. And what you're looking at is a widely diverse set of leaders. See, all leaders aren't alike. But the way leadership is taught is we create a composite image. And the composite image is that that leaders are always highly friendly. Leaders are always the people when they walk in the room, everyone run towards them. Uh, Leaders are always the most articulate. Leaders are always the person who is the most strategic. Leaders are always, and you fill in the gap. But we create this composite image and this composite image is not realistic. See, leaders are unique combinations, but no leader has it all. No leader's good at everything. In fact, every leader I know is profoundly bad at a few things. So if you're profoundly bad at a few things, that doesn't mean you can't lead. It just means you may lead different than someone else leads. But in life, what happens is we create these composite images. No one can live up to them. And since no one can live up to them, we think, my goodness, how in the world are we ever going to have leaders like this? 
See, they're unique combinations. Leaders come in all styles. There are leaders that are loud. There are leaders that are quiet. There are leaders that are highly charismatic. There are leaders that are low on the charisma scale. There are leaders that are intellectually vast. And there are leaders that are intellectually small. But all of them can be leaders. See, leaders don't lead with the same style. How I lead is not how friends of mine lead. It's not only that their styles are different, but their temperaments are different. I have a very set temperament. Now, it wasn't if I were standing in line and choosing a temperament, it wasn't what I would have personally chose, but I didn't get to make that choice. I was born with it. But within the style that I function and the temperament that I have, I lead. But my experiences are different. So the style that I have makes me different. My temperament makes me different. My experience makes me different. My intelligence makes me different. And my gift makes me different. Now, you can have people who can have more pronounced gifts. You can have people with more dynamic styles. You can have people who have softer temperaments and people who have harder temperaments, people who've been through hell and back and people who seem to all have it handed to them. But the myth that all leaders are alike, it's just not true. And this myth needs to be challenged because there's a lot of people who could lead who won't lead because they think every leader is alike. My job in leadership development isn't to create a model of leadership. It is to free people to lead. So in life, what we know is this. There's some myths out there. Once a leader, always a leader. Leaders work less than others, and leaders are all alike. Well, number four, leadership is about success. It seems that success is the goal of leadership. It seems that if I'm successful, then I'm a leader. But that's not true. See, leadership isn't about success. Leadership is about serving. Mother Teresa was not profoundly successful, but she profoundly served. And nobody would look at her and say she failed as a leader. Well, you can go down the list of people in history. Clara Barton. She was a remarkable servant when it came to medicine. And what you find is leadership is ultimately about serving because leadership isn't about you, but others. And I never feel I can say this enough because I've said it for decades now and it's really found itself all around the world. When you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. 
And if you think that leadership allows you to focus on you and not on others, you're not a leader. Now, you may have position, you may have power, and you may have prestige, but you're not a leader. Because leadership is about the people that you leave behind. When you walk out of the room, is the room better because you were there? Is that room better because you were there? So leadership is about success. Well, if it's just about success, there's a whole lot of people who were not profound leaders that history marks down and says, these were great leaders. Myth number five, leadership is multifaceted. It's this idea that leadership is about being good at everything. Leadership isn't about doing everything. It's about doing a few things. The most pronounced and profound leaders did not lead everywhere. They just led somewhere. And the idea that you have to lead everywhere versus somewhere is the thing that many times makes people feel, well, you know, I'm, I'm not good at this and I'm not good at this and I'm not good at this and I'm not good at this. That's all right. Where are you good? And wherever you're good, that's where you need to lead. Because leadership isn't about doing everything. It's about doing a few things. And what leadership is, is it requires focus. And what focus is, is saying no to good things. See, there's a lot of things you could say yes to, but leaders just say no to things that are good things so they get to do the best thing. And, and leadership is about focusing within your gift. And leadership is about directing your activities. So when you start in leadership, you may be doing a hundred things. But as you grow in leadership and survive in leadership, and I'm not talking about one year, five year, 10 years, I'm talking about over a lifetime, you find yourself doing a few things. It's what Paul said, this one thing I do. There's something you were born to do. There's something you were made to do. So the myth that leadership is multifaceted, in fact, what's interesting, this causes more leadership strain because it's like a business person walking into my organization and saying, well, I could lead a church because I lead here. Can I tell you, just because you've led in business where you have the leverage of salary and you can raise prices doesn't mean that you can lead in an all-volunteer organization where you may not be able to ever increase the dynamics of the economy. So when it comes to leadership, what we find is, is that the myth is that it's multifaceted when leadership is really very singular and very attentive. Number six, Leadership is public. See, <clears throat> most people see leaders, but all they're seeing is the smallest dimension of their life. When they're in front of people, 
when they're in their office, when they are on the stage, when they are generating the business. But the majority of all leadership is private. In fact, if you're not good alone, you're not going to be good in the crowd. Boy, there's something I need to put out on Twitter. In fact, if you don't get my Twitter, please do that. But see, people want to be good at public when they're really bad alone, and that doesn't happen. See, leadership is more private. It's preparation that no one sees. It's prayer that no one hears. It's problems that no one knows. And it's a price that no one notices. And so for leaders, they know that there's preparation no one ever saw the years, the decades, the time. I have a friend, people come up to him and said, I'd like to do what you're, you're doing. And he always thinks to himself, yeah, but they don't want to do what I did. Preparation, just the hours of, of being prepared, the hours of working at it. Prayer that no one hears. The time that you're on your knees and, and you're making sure that you are articulating the right things. Problems that no one knows. No one comes to a leader and says, tell me about your problems. Everyone comes to a leader and says, can I tell you about my problems? So leaders, they have problems and no one knows them. And the price that no one notices. So six myths. Myth one, once a leader, always a leader. Myth two, leaders work less than others. Myth three, Leaders are all alike. Myth four, leadership is about success. Myth five, leadership is multifaceted. Myth six, leadership is public. I think if you spent some time and maybe looked at your leadership journey, there may be a couple of these that maybe these myths have gotten in your way. But if you're a more developed leader, maybe you should sit down with your team and you should have the discussion. Let's talk about these myths. Are any of these myths getting in your way? And then maybe you can do the deeper dive of saying, are there other myths that weren't mentioned that are getting in our way? Hey, if you want to do me a, a big favor, because people say they enjoy the podcast and they write me and let me know and they communicate with my team that these are helpful. But could you just think of one person that you think this podcast could help? And maybe you could just text it to them and say, listen to this. Maybe you can go back and there's a favorite that you have out there of all the podcasts that you've heard. Could you just send it to them? Hey, I just want to remind you again, I have some roundtables on January 23rd in Plano, Texas, January 31st in Seattle. Come and be a part. I'd love to spend time with you. It would encourage me so much to get to see you face to face. Thank you for being a part of the leadership journey with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.